Welcome to Payne on Politics, a podcast where host Dr. Gregory Payne of Emerson College sits down with fellow experts to discuss the current state of politics, public opinion, and global affairs. In a world growing increasingly complex, communication and critical thinking is key. This only makes the Emerson motto, expression necessary to evolution, more true. Hello, this is Gregory Payne, Chair of Communication Studies at Emerson College, also co-director of the Emerson Blancarna Global Center. I'm here today in my office with a colleague who actually has been in various seats at Emerson College. He used to be working with Diego Salazar. Uh, he was my assistant when we were over at the Legacy Campus, which of course he remembers here. Matt Dorsey, thank you very much. Uh, Kevin McCurry, you also were on that trip to Russia. So we've had a lot of experiences. Absolutely. And you're back teaching. Again, absolutely. Great so, to be back. First of all, I would say you're back teaching. You've got Profeta, which is a boutique firm down in New York. Mm -hmm. What is it like to go into the classroom and teach back at your alma mater? It's fascinating because yeah, I took public relations classes at Emerson back in the 90s. Um, Was Ted, this with Ted? Ted Hollingworth, okay. yes. How about Dr. Brown? Uh, no, just with Ted. Just Ted. Okay. And so that was the basis of my public relations. But then, of course, you go out into the... I went to Washington, D.C. after I received my master's degree and really got into the thick of it and was getting into the thick of it for the last 25, 30 years. Uh, so really, the the challenge here, of one, one thing I was thinking on the way in this afternoon was the fact that... In, in business, you're always trying to compact everything, to bring it, to distill everything down into like a three-minute uh, presentation or a 30-second soundbite. But when you're teaching, you really have to expand out again and go into detail. And that really, uh, on the one hand, it's a challenge, but on the other hand, it's really enabled me to develop uh, or redevelop or re-realize re uh, how much I love public relations. You know, that reminds me, when we did the first sports comp course, I, I coached out with Tom Curran, mm -hmm. who, of course, is a, a broadcaster who deals with the Patriots. And initially, Tom didn't think he was going to have any problem at all. But I said, okay, it's three hours. I'm going to come with you for the first night, or at least the first couple of nights. And I remember he was there for maybe an hour, and all of a sudden he said he was going to do a break, and I said to him, uh, you're breaking kind of early, and he said, I told him everything I know. So I think what he was experiencing is the mm -hmm. same thing, where you have to sort of pull it back and realize that, uh, you know, they're appreciating each and every moment along the way. Absolutely. And... You know, there's a there's a great anecdote about teaching that it's not just it's not just lecturing about facts and figures. It's really telling a story too, and public relations really is about storytelling. So oftentimes, when I'm putting together my lecture notes, yes, there's a lot of facts and there's a lot of figures and there's a lot of theories that go on with it. But because I've been doing this for 25, 30 years, I have a lot of great stories, uh, both from my earlier years all the way up to oftentimes my my recent, my present clients. In, in a sense, sometimes the class is a sounding board for a strategy that I'm thinking about implementing. And I really, and if the demo, if the target demographic for that that cl uh, client happens to be the same as the class. Why not ask and get get it every get everything from the horse's mouth? So you're utilizing all of it. I know that one of the events I remember that you and I always enjoyed with Dr. Silvestri, we would say Happy Birthday, uh, Vito ninety, uh, was when Ed Bernays, the mm -hmm. father of public relations, used to come and mm -hmm. teach at Emerson. 
Uh, do you remember some of those uh, those ex episodes with uh, Dr. Bernays? I do. It was almost like a movie star coming in because here you had a master communicator coming to the campus, spending the evening, and really coming for the students. It's, he had a good relationship with Dr. Vito and you, and I'm sure it was, it was a great favor. But on the, at the same time, you could really tell that when he showed up on campus and the students were there and he was interacting with them, that he was drawing just as much enjoyment and power or energy, not power, out of them as the students were drawing out of him. Now, Kevin, I remember when you first came, I remember you and your mother, Norma, came through 21 Commonwealth because you were considering coming to Emerson. Did you come as a comm studies major initially, uh, or were you in another department? I started out as a mass communication TV major, and that was essentially because I came from a technical high school, and I was told that I stood a better chance of getting admitted into Emerson if I depended upon my technical background. I have I, I actually have a certificate in uh, computer science and electronic studies, which means historically I was always the kid in the family that would that would repair everybody's toaster ovens and VCRs. So I did one semester as a uh, TV uh, mass comm TV major. I switched my major. Well, first I switched my my advisor to Walt Littlefield. Yes. Because I was I intended on coming into on uh, into comm studies. I spoke with Walt for about thirty minutes. I understand I understood why everybody called him Uncle Walt. Yes. And essentially mentor. Ex exactly. And essentially uh, I never looked back. I came into comm, comm studies and loved it. As a matter of fact, when I came to Emerson College, I loved it. I knew within the first two to three weeks of, of studying here that I had found my tribe. Now, what do you think it is about Emerson? Because you have been a very good colleague, very dear friend over these years. We'll be moving on to the next chapter. But what is it about Emerson that you saw then, as we used to traverse down Commonwealth mm -hmm. Avenue, talk to John Zachras, head over to Division 16 with Dr. <laughs> Ratson and Ellen Gale and Sean Donnelly? What was that like? And what is it like today? Well, you know, I can't really talk about what it's like today because I'm only a few weeks into the new semester, having been the prodigal son coming back to Boston. But I know back then, you know, Emerson students uh, and Emerson itself always seemed to be a little bit different than the mainstream. People here, in one sense, you could say it was an art-oriented or, art business school, or in another you could say a business-oriented art school, depending on what classes you took and who, uh, who your mentors were. But regardless, there was always something that couldn't, some intangible that you just can't put your finger on, but you just know that, yes, I could go to a large university, I could be one of 300 students uh, in a class, or I can come to Emerson and really be one of 15 or 20 students in a class, have a real relationship with my professors. Um, and that means more than just uh, going to class, but also after class activities. Walt Littlefield at the end of, his, end, of, end of the semester would say, I'm going to the corner bar if anybody wants to join me for a drink, and half the class would come. It's something that, it's an intangible that, you know, made me come back, made me stay, and um, like I said, made me come back to Boston again. Well, I think, of course, we would walk over from uh, 21 Commonwealth. You, of course, go by the, the, the very famous wall, which to me has always been kind of a stoop. Uh, pass by Cheers, and of course, Walt liked the Sevens on Charles Street, which is still here. 
Uh, I know that Walt is not with us anymore, but I think his spirit lives on. We have a room for him. I know he would have been.